0: how's it going everybody you're listening to another episode of the super mercado
1: brothers video game music podcast how's it going everybody this is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music my name is carl brueggemann and I'm his brother,
0: Will Brueggemann. This is such a fun and exciting <laughs> topic for us, and I know especially for Carl, because today we're focusing yeah. <laughs> on the music from Batman games, and I know growing up, Batman was your absolute he favorite was my man. superhero.
1: I was going to say he was my boy, but he's not a boy. He's, he's, he's a full-grown man. I adored Batman, probably my favorite character growing up, to play, whether it was toys um, just to imagine, uh, to dress up, all that fun stuff. I loved the movies, love the cartoon. Now, did you ever rent or get
0: any of the Batman games for the Sega Genesis?
1: Yeah, I played the Batman game for the Genesis. Um, we, we rented it. We never owned it, but it was so cool. I was always really excited whenever we were able to rent it. Um, but yeah, the movies, the toys, and the cartoon uh, were so huge for me. I watched the cartoon all the time, the Batman the animated series, Um, That was one of the things that got my imagination going the most, I will say, as far as uh, what's interesting about this character, the darkness that this character has, and maybe some of the humor as well. And that was one of the first times when I started to really enjoy the character of the Joker, like Mark Hamill's take on the Joker, a lot more of a silly, Mm kind of zany approach than something like (laughs) Jack Nicholson did. Right, or Heath Ledger. For that matter you really all of the I mean I, I can't say enough about that animated series from the 90s all of those villains were just so imaginative and fun it's just one of the best cartoons I think of that decade
0: well what I look forward to with this episode and I think whenever you're discussing uh, a game series like this which is a lot of titles that aren't necessarily connected um in the sense that some of these games were licensed uh, adaptations, I guess If you even want to call them that um, <laughs> Of the Tim Burton film Batman yeah, a, lot so of, it, a lot of today's you know, The playlist, title yeah. screen and the likeness of everything Is meant to capture that aesthetic, yet some of the games, because the character of Batman, not only gets public domain, but it is separate from the film licenses, which is, this is what you get with superhero games. You can make a Superman game, and it's not necessarily attached to the Richard Donner film. You can make a Batman game, and it's not attached to Um, any particular movie depiction of Batman, but some of these are, and so we'll even notice with the uh, original, kind of like what I think of the classic NES Sunsoft Batman, Mm -hmm. there was a sequel to that game, even though the first one was very much in line with the Tim Burton film, the sequel's kind
1: of its own thing. It was its own story, its own game, not necessarily based on any particular movie, and so they definitely had a lot of freedom uh, and we're excited to explore this character in this world. Uh, Yeah, I just Absolutely love Batman. There's something so special about the vibe, uh, whether you're watching the movie or playing the games or watching the cartoon. And this music all has a specific vibe. What I'm excited for is a couple of times when we might have some throwbacks later today of the old school, the original Batman, very campy TV show. Oh, and so sure. that is something musically that every once in a while that pops up. What well, you guys heard playing in, that was Underneath the City from Batman for the NES. That was published by Sunsoft. Came out in 1989. The same year, uh, at least in Japan, it came out that year. The same year as the film, the Tim Burton kind of reboot of the series. This is composed by Naoki Kodaka. The first kind of half of the playlist today is almost a Kodaka spotlight. So that's always a good time. Well, will should we keep going with the the great Batman tunes?
0: Yeah. The only other thing I want to mention before we get going here, as I imagine, you know, you could probably guess. From knowing Carl and myself and sort of our emphasis. Part of it is especially, you know, I feel like this playlist is more for Carl than for anybody else. <laughs> but uh, that being said, we are going to take more of an emphasis on the retro game music and the games that came out around the time of that Tim Burton kind of zeitgeist for Batman. Obviously, we know there are so many um, Batman games that have come out uh, in more recent mm-hmm. years, particularly yeah. the Arkham series, and we're going to touch on that a little bit, bit. I think bit, yeah. the scope of the amount of Batman games that there are definitely exceeds what we're trying to do with this playlist, so this is mostly a spotlight on the retro yes, stuff. Yes, well,
1: it's a good point. I would say a spotlight on the 8-bit era, primarily uh, a taste of some of the 16-bit titles and then just a very brief taste of some of the modern games. There's a lot of Batman games, music it's really all about the 8-bit era, in my opinion, so that's a heavy focus today. Um, But yeah, I'm actually excited for some of the later games. I listened to the entirety of the Arkham series, I will say and so it wasn't because I didn't check it out. We are going to play one track from an Arkham game near the end of the episode, but let's keep going with the original Batman. Uh, Like we said, we heard Underneath the City. Now let's move on to another from this first game. This is Laboratory of Madness, again composed by Naoki Kodaka. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Laboratory of Madness, composed by Naoki Kodaka. This is from Batman. That riff is absolutely classic. It could fit in the Castlevania series, but it fits perfectly for Batman as well. It's from the original game for the NES. It uh, came out in Japan in 89. Over here, came out in 90. Uh, yeah, Naoki Kodaka was very lucky to get to work on a lot of Batman titles for a couple of different systems and he knocked it out of the park basically every single time one thing that we learn from uh, Mr. Kodaka is we think that this is the the character of Batman and the sound of, of Batman, but it's, it's also the sound of Naoki Kodaka, too. Yeah, and well, and I think something
0: that I find so charming about games of this period is that uh, you have to use your imagination for so much of the experience, not just the music, but the graphics and the gameplay itself. You get the sense that everything in the experience is kind of a, a, a representation of Um, Something else in the same way that like Mm -hmm. when you're playing a if you were playing you know a board game Which would be like Batman Monopoly? you know you probably <laughs> they have that place would be subbed for like the penguins layer or whatever but yeah everything is representative of, of something else and early video games were that way i think to a large extent which gave composers a freedom to not necessarily have to painstakingly capture the exact tone or mood from other forms of media but what i think uh kodaka does so brilliantly with this game is i feel like he does all of it at once for First of all, I feel yeah. like he taps in to the origins of kind of Batman music with, you think of the TV show that's all about that sort of blues language. So he taps into that with this kind of riff. He that's also really taps point, into Will. what I consider sort of the darkness of Burton's aesthetic. Not necessarily Danny Elfman's music in particular, but definitely but the, the vibe darkness of, the movie. of Batman. Yeah, the sort of um, the coolness uh, and the darkness Frank absolutely. Miller
1: kind of style. And then you combine that with just a general video game late 80s style. Yeah, just rocking classic. <laughs> it's just the best. Um
0: catchy pop rock stuff. And then with that unique Sunsoft uh style of arrangement. One of my favorite things that he does in these NES Batman games, it's almost a little motif that happens, which is the idea of like this kind of staggered sounding repeated note idea. Ba-da-da yeah it's like it's kind of cool it sounds like it's kind of dying out but i feel like that's his attempt at almost sounding like it's echoing out of the bat cave or something it's it's a
1: really cool little technique some point listen to this track again and i want you guys to really focus on the bass what's really great about this original batman game is we don't have sampled bass we just have you know good old fashioned triangle bass but it's incredibly active it's It's really very very busy and it gets
0: to a pretty high register too like it it, if it were an electric bass you can kind of imagine playing up on the high string just kind of a a really shredding line which is definitely well guys what this feels like there's so
1: much incredible batman music particularly Particularly from the 8-bit era that that's actually all we have time for today from the original game uh, that's how much great music we have we're going to move on now uh we're going to play a few different let's see one two three four different games that are all called batman that were all released either in 1989 or 1990 we wanted to give a pretty diverse taste of the first time we got to play as this character so this is a game batman which came out for the TurboGrafx-16, an entirely different game, has nothing to do with the NES game. This is the title and Stage 1. Later on, we're going to hear the Stage 1 fade up. We can hear a little bit of that as well. This was composed by Nobuyuki Hara, again for the TurboGrafx-16. Let's take a listen. (laughs) So we're going to fade down here, in a little bit we're going to hear a taste of the stage one theme as well. This is composed by Nobuyuki Hara, who was a Sunsoft composer, someone that worked alongside Naoki Kodaka for a lot of uh, the work that Kodaka did. Uh, this one was actually composed by Hara, and again as TurboGrafx-16. Uh, this game is kind of quirky. It has nothing to do with the NES games. When I looked at the game, uh, there were elements of it that kind of looked like Bomberman or, or something. It's just a really, really different game than you would expect uh, for Batman, but this music is, is really fun and classic.
0: It is funny because there's something about just Batman and a side-scrolling action game that just seemed to go hand-in-hand really well. Um, but it, yeah, it is funny. I mean, there's a lot of, I think, types of gameplay that the character of Batman could inspire. What I really like about this piece of music is I feel like it's it really is aiming to do exactly what Kodako was doing with the NES Batman title, which yeah. is that... It is that blend Especially the of, stage one theme we're hearing right here, yeah. Yes. It's sort of rock darkness that has elements of the blues, but also it's like, this would be at home in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. This would be at home mm-hmm. in, you know, a, a lot of types of games. I mean, if you listen to the score of like Fester's <laughs> Quest, the Adams Family game that Kodaka mm-hmm. did on the NES, it's like, it's not all that different from something like this. There <laughs> is this kind of sound of like, I think a lot of these composers almost... Had the sense that it's like this is what video game music is. It needs to sound exciting and rocking and yeah. catchy and appeal to I think the tastes of young people. But I think what a composer like Kodaka and Hara to some extent here are they're they're tapping into the character of Batman too. I think, um, particularly that melody, um, like there's a, there's an element to it that feels kind of bluesy and this sort of darkness, but also something non-threatening. I really love. The kind of orchestra hit samples The really compressed samples that we have here It reminds me of like Turtles in Time Or Sunset Riders Or like a lot of old arcade games You know, Super C, Super Contra
1: Oh, it's Uh, so classic Yeah And and I love this Okay, so so far today we've heard Naoki Kodaka music And we've actually heard Nobuyuki Hara tunes Now we're going to hear a classic collaboration Between these two composers We have Kodaka and Hara For Batman on the... Game Boy. Now, yet another Batman game, yet another completely different game, also released in 1990, also by Sunsoft. They were very busy these couple of years with Batman games. That is the
2: Um, other cool thing about about,
0: movie-licensed games back then, that it almost seemed like different studios, I imagine, would make bids to the film studios to kind of purchase the rights to be able to make the games or sometimes the studios had s- specific deals and that's often unfortunately yeah. the reason why so many licensed games were so poor because the studio spent a lot of the money getting the license so they didn't have as much time <laughs> to spend on the but i do think like the in the nes days license games were much better than they are now because games were a little bit cheaper to make and a little bit simpler to produce where i think that first batman game is pretty classic
1: yeah, and I would say most people would consider that as the best of these games that are called Batman. Uh, this one is also different than the NES. I mean, the Game Boy has to be a little different uh, as far as the technology. So I don't really know the quality of this game. But musically, it's just back in the saddle again for these, these two. Uh, let's take a listen to Gotham City Stage 1 from Batman for the Game Boy. What this a is fun t- melody. This is such a good track. You guys are listening to Gotham City Stage 1 from Batman. This is for the Game Boy, and if I didn't make it clear, this is an entirely new soundtrack. It's a different soundtrack from the NES, very inspired by the tone of that game, and this could have fit at home in that original NES soundtrack. It's the same vibe, clearly from the same minds, uh, yes. brought us that original, uh, and, and this is this would be one of the best tracks on that game. This is an outstanding, slightly underrated piece of VGM.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, this is one that definitely f- I feel like is serving the kind of dark, dank. Sp- uh, kind of cave, <laughs> cavern-like quality of the character echoey, of Batman more than the the rocking quality. Both of the um, it's kind of uh, tracks that we played so far uh, before this kind of use that power chord, parallel fourths and fifths rock language as yeah. I'd say like the the predominant um, character musically. And with this track, first of all, I love the chord progression. I like the way it goes to that um, minor, like flat six chord. It does two yeah. things at once. Uh, it both feels cinematic, but yeah, it also has this sort of swanky, jazz, blues quality to it. Well, Will, I had um,
1: this experience when listening to this whole series. When I got to the modern games, I guess I'll say the Arkham series. They, the music did a really good job of capturing the darkness and capturing an, an area like the Bat Cave and that kind of atmosphere that we'd expect but I really missed the sense of fun that these early games had and it represents the era uh, I mean there's just a little bit that a track like this can do to represent atmosphere and I would say it's that echoing volume fade that kind of a thing yes. is very atmospheric for the Game Boy but the overall piece of music is so fun
0: y- yeah rhythmically the um, uh, that that part that has that da, da, du. Da, da. That that's the same rhythm as um, one of the main stage themes from Return of the Joker which yeah, I exactly. think comes out after this uh, but also my favorite part of this is <speaking from Spanish> that, that particular interval there that dissonance that bluesy dissonance that feels like Batman to me and it reminds me of the old fashioned you know <speaking from Spanish> Batman but there's also a darkness and like a hipness that I just I can't help but picture Michael Keaton
1: yeah, I agree. I mean, for for the quality and the tone of these games, very simple games, you could say cutesy and maybe a little bit silly. The music fits it like a glove. I will say that the modern games, they fit that like a glove, too. It just happens to be a very different tone. And I was listening to a lot of it's a the different scores. kind of glove. Yeah, it's a different kind <laughs> of glove. It's a modern glove. And I will say that it's not quite as fun, uh, in my opinion. So let's move on to the last game that is just called Batman. Uh, on today's episode we are going to have some other games don't worry this is for the genesis batman came out in 1990 again by sunsoft and composed by naoki kadaka again we're going to play three tracks from the score it's one of the best batman scores i love it so much let's start off with stage two axis chemical factory This is so good. So rocking. Stage two, Axis Chemical Factory. It's Kodaka being Kodaka, doing his thing. You know, he really has a similar style in some ways when it comes to rock, devious rock music to the Fallen Brothers. I would have loved right. to hear a collaboration back in the day between Tim Fallen and Naoki Kodaka because they have a similar kind of dark, devious, but fun rock style. Yeah, it, what I hear when I listen to the Batman Genesis score is, and I don't know if this is true, but I hear Naoki Kodaka having so much fun and stretching out a little bit. From what he was used to on the NES and the Game Boy, he has so much more to work with on the Genesis, and he uses it to his advantage. What I love about this is you can tell it's an early Genesis score because not as reliant on something like the DAC sample channel for the drums, using a lot more... Uh, drum sounds made on the FM synth or even the PSG synth. And so that kind of uh, chip-based drum sound, which feels a little bit more 8-bit to me, but yet such a good vibe, great piece of music. The thing that I really find
0: interesting about all these Batman games, and it's it's, it's an interesting assignment for a composer and seems historically a little bit unique because here you have the same composer working on three games called Batman <laughs> yeah through different platforms but they're all different games and they're all yeah. it's all chip music but the thing that i find is it, it though there are similarities because you can tell his compositional style and it is Batman that he's going for um on a tempo level, on a style level, on an energy level, these soundtracks are decidedly different. And I think that yeah. shows the quality that Kodaka has as a video game composer. That Well, I love the balance. Fundamentally, that he he's 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 serving the the experience and he's trying to make something that feels satisfying but doesn't distract from The gameplay because all of these games have sort of a different rhythm to it like the Game Boy game is actually a little bit slower and clunkier in terms of how it handles and the NES game is maybe a little bit more fast-paced and um, I I haven't played the Genesis game before but this one has a different kind of energy Genesis version
1: is phenomenal I personally think it's the best game out of these Um, I did so like I said we rented it uh, when I was pretty young and you know, Not surprisingly, we never beat it back then, but I played it later on Emulator and was able to to play the whole game. It's a really, really good game, and I think it probably captures the spirit of the character maybe more than... And it makes sense that it would be able to, to be done on the Genesis uh, with a little more technology than, than the NES. But yeah, let's keep going. We have two more tracks from the Genesis. Let's play an outstanding boss theme. It's one of two boss themes we have uh, today. Actually, no, one of three. So that'll be cool. Let's take a listen to Boss Theme from Batman. Short and sweet, that's a classic boss theme right there. From the Genesis version of Batman, uh, composed by Naoki Kodaka. Sounds familiar to us. I think it's using material from an NES boss theme. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just such a great boss thing because it doesn't last very long. Sometimes in these old games, the bosses, if you were good at the game, you could probably defeat it in, what, like 20 seconds or something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, it's not going to necessarily overstay its welcome. Um, But yeah, it's really fun. I mean, there's a lot of boss themes from video games that are just scary and threatening and not something that you'd really want to listen to for very long. This is a boss theme that if the boss does happen to take me a long time, I'm going to still be enjoying myself because this is just a really fun piece of music.
0: Yeah, I I love that bluesy riff. That just screams Batman
1: to me. Um, Yeah, it does. Like the old uh, TV show Batman. Yeah, but there's something
0: about the character that I just think that kind of... Harmonically fits really well. I also like yeah. the energy and the chord progression of this. There's some striking and surprising chords I think functionally it really does fit uh, being a boss theme um, Which is sort of self evident I guess There's
1: one thing that we got a call out and we're gonna hear it probably five or six more times today uh, And it's not something just for the Batman series, but it's heavily used in the Batman video game music Basically, you think of a progression uh, that's going to oscillate between a minor one chord. And sometimes a major six chord, it might be a dominant six chord, but that oscillation from one to six, one to six is such a classic and powerful sound that composers like Kodaka use a lot in the series. And when Carl's saying one to six,
0: he means in minor. So if we're thinking in, I like to speak in C because a lot of people can think of C major as all the white notes on the piano. But then if you think of C minor, it would be like C minor to A flat major. So you might think of that as like the flat six yep. um but i know there's different ways sometimes um there's ways of thinking where people don't like thinking of minor ever as one they think of it as like six
1: but the cool thing about that progression mathematically is you have a lot of shared tones and so the one of the reasons right. why a track like this works so well is you can repeat the same riff Using a lot of the same notes that are going to work over in A flat chord. And so all you really have to do is sometimes change what the bass is playing, change the bass note, and you can just mm-hmm. have a, a 30 second boss theme and you're done. It's really efficient, works really well. Let's play one more track from the Genesis version of this game. This is Stage Three, Flugelheim Museum, maybe my favorite track in the game. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Stage 3 from Batman for the Sega Genesis. Came out in 1990 and it was composed by Naoki Kodaka. This is a classic piece of video game music. This is one that for a number of years I've always wanted to play in the band. We should think about it one day because it's just so classic and represents this era of video game music perfectly. What I like about this track is, we've said this before, but it does fit... This type of Batman game, but not exclusively. I mean, this would work for a Castlevania game. This would work for a Ninja Turtles game. This would work for a, a Ninja Gaiden game. Almost any game from this era, from this, this, yeah, this would work really well. It's just, it's so classic in textbook. It is funny how uh, that just. Is,
0: I can't even articulate why that's true, but I think there's something about the simplicity. And the honestly, how games back then were so much more difficult because they were a lot shorter, yeah. and so they required, I think, more precision and timing. Um, and so, especially I think the if music you did have uh, saving or this, like <laughs> it had this like Eye of the Tiger quality to it, where it's like you need to buckle up and you need some like gut busting rock music to score like this yeah. insane. The stakes are high um, in action scene that's going to happen.
1: Guys, I couldn't be more excited to move on to maybe our favorite soundtrack in the series, Batman Games, but also this week's Track of the Week. Hey. This is Batman Return of the Joker. This was that NES game we were talking about. It's the follow-up to the original Uh, By Sunsoft again, and this was not based on a particular movie. This was just—they were too impatient. They couldn't wait for Batman (laughs)
0: Returns to come out, so they made their own sequel.
1: The Batman game was very successful, and they wanted another one. They probably asked to make another one. Um, Such a good soundtrack. This this sees maybe the peak. Of Naoki Kodaka in some ways. Really comfortable in his own skin, writing the kind of music he's so good at writing. Very, very confident music from Kodaka. Also confident implementation. This is one of the first times we're able to hear the sample channel being utilized for bass. And it does add a level of grit and I guess authenticity. Maybe authenticity isn't the right word, but it just sounds a lot better than nes music sounded before this this game came out in 1991 let's start things off with our track of the week it's stages one in six gotham in danger This is so good. So glad we chose this for Track of the Week. Stages 1 and 6, Gotham in Danger from Batman Return of the Joker, composed by Naoki Kodaka. This came out in 1991, developed by Sunsoft for the NES, uh, and it's really advanced-sounding NES music, but the reason why I wanted this to be Track of the Week is I think it does a perfect job of capturing the character and the vibe of these early 8-bit games. There's a yeah. sense of and cool. There's a sense of darkness, um, but it still is very fun video game music too. Well,
0: and much like how um, there's the great story about Richard Donner rushing into the scoring stage when John Williams was first recording, you know, the <laughs> Superman theme, and he's like, yeah. "It's brilliant. It's perfect." Because he says, "You could literally hear the orchestra saying Superman," you know, in the melody. This song says Batman, <laughs> Batman, Batman. Batman. <laughs> That, you're so man, right I mean, about that, that. it just sounds like batman i, just I love, love how that devious about
1: it. this music is the the chords make it that way um it has a really great slow rock kind of groove to get to it's a very very cool uh piece of music and one thing that I, I think works very well about this kind of quirky implementation of the bass samples is you have this progression that you also have a lot not only in the Batman series, but that we've heard today. We heard it actually in stage three Flügelheim and we're hearing it again here. This progression, if you're in, let's say C minor, we have C minor, B flat, A flat, G. Kind of going down the scale, right? But what works really well about this is we have a very low-sounding C, a very low, even lower-sounding B-flat, but instead of going even further down to A-flat, then he goes up the octave to A-flat. And something about leaping up the octave there, and especially with (laughs) how the overtones sound on that bass sample, it does add an exciting and maybe a slight tense quality to it. I think that that happened to work really well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, uh, you know, Kodaka's music is harmonically
0: adventurous, which is, I think, one it of is. the things that's so exciting about it. Uh, yeah, I really just... I, I couldn't love this piece of music more. It's, <laughs> it strikes that perfect balance one of, of my being favorites. catchy, memorable, um, but also adventurous and does things that you might not expect. It characterizes the character of Batman. I mean, it's like all the wonderful things we've been saying about this music so far. This track has it, but it also has something extra I mean part of it is that polish of that it's just so cool how they came up with that you know sampled bass idea mm-hmm. On the NES is just really, I think, impressive. Well,
1: well, you know what else I love about this track? This I believe predates the animated series, but it has the same vibe that the music in in that cartoon series had. Uh, just enough of that darkness, that ominous quality, but it's also fun and maybe even winking at you at times. And yeah. that, that's that's the feeling that that animated series had. Um, that's one a good of the point. cool things is once that series actually started. The sixteen bit era video games were were very influenced by them. I mean there was literally multiple games on different systems called the, the you know the Adventures of Batman or Batman the animated series and so there's a lot of games that would be then very influenced by. The music well, of that the animated series, but just that the show itself. It's a bit of an
0: elephant in the room that we haven't talked about is Danny Elfman's incredible theme to Tim yep. Burton's film, which though we might is hear much that later more today, of a guys. traditional orchestral march. It is different than a lot of this music. Mm-hmm. Harmonically, what makes that piece of music, I think, so scream Batman is... Is first of all the use of you know a plethora of delicious minor chords, but um, I think the other aspect of it is it does use a lot of that kind of third relation, uh, third relationship that you were talking about here. It's more of a traditional diatonic approach in a lot of these tracks, but um, I think part of the way that Danny Elfman captures the darkness of Batman is through a lot of kind of third relation chord progressions
1: it's so cool we may hear that later today you'll have to stay tuned to find out let's play another a couple of tracks from uh this nes version of return of the joker this is stage 2-2 and 5-2 urgent situation so good. This is another close call for track of the week. I think I love this track almost as much as the previous. It's so good. This is stages 2-2 two, two, and 5-2 composed by Naoki Kodaka. I would say that the implementation and maybe the range, the part of this bass sample is a little more natural than stages uh, 1 and 6. I think it just works incredibly well on this, but this track. this is
0: also another example of that little repeated note idea that yeah the, it's, it's a the, the, nice motive it, yeah it's, and it's, it's also interesting how it, it has like a really interesting type of articulation what it makes me think of is actually spiccato bowing on like yeah. a string instrument like a violin or a cello where it's hey, kind Will, of you this another- bouncy technique of the bow against the string
1: that's so true. Hey, Will, you know another compositional technique that I love Kadaka uses all the time in the series is he'll have a groove, and now what's happening in a groove is a bass is very clearly outlining a progression. He might have arpeggios or, or kind of harmonized notes that are outlining a chord, a great melody, but then everything will stop and do a, go to a unison riff and then go back. It's like okay Everyone's doing the groove Everyone's doing the groove And then And then they'll go back And so a really, really uh, kind of yeah, These are very well moment.
0: arranged I mean it's almost Kind of like You can tell he has Some kind of Rock band experience Because That's <laughs> all part Of an arrangement Of a good song Is you want to have moments Where yeah, the killer Counterpoint and Moments where everyone's In their lane And then moments Where everything's just Together in a
1: total unison Well it's one of the reasons Why I really want to do One of these tunes In the band Is because I know we don't have guitars but i think we could make it work these are tailor-made for band performances certainly let's play one more from the nes version of return of the joker we're then going to play two more from the game boy so a lot of great return of the joker music on this episode maybe one of the main reasons we wanted to do this so so good okay let's play stage three dangerous ways again composed by naoki kodaka Well, there it is again, folks. That relationship oscillation between the minor one and the flat six chord. If you're in C minor, you're thinking of the C minor chord to the A flat major chord. The intro of this song, that's all it is, is just going back and forth. Again, uh, a lot of atmosphere given with the volume. Uh, It's just incredibly effective old school video game music. In some ways, the NES at its peak as far as impressive sounding music. Yes, compositionally, it's it's really good and it fits the character, but technically speaking, it's some of the best music ever heard on the system. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I just love his... I don't know, the language that he
0: created for these Batman games. It really is unique, and it's something that there's enough examples of it. It has its own style in the way that Mega Man and Castlevania and other series do, but I think it gets overshadowed by the fact that Batman as a series um, maybe has a little bit... There's a lot more to it, I guess you could say, than just video games. I mean, it's such a mammoth kind of... uh, thing in our pop culture.
1: Well, as sad as it is to leave Return of the Joker for the NES, we're going to move to Batman Return of the Joker for the Game Boy. And yet again, this is the second time this has happened today. It's an entirely new game that shares the same title. It's again by Sunsoft. This came out in 1992, and it was composed by Manami Matsumai. Uh, And so really cool to get some Matsumai tracks on this episode. And she did a really good job, clearly was tasked with carrying the torch of what kodaka started with this series and so she she i'm sure she listened to a lot of those scores and it's kind of going for that sound but she can't help but inject a little bit um of her style into it as well which i love i think this is a great score too let's play stage one the sewers You gotta love matsumae san This is so fun, so classic. Batman Return of the Joker for the Game Boy, an entirely new score. This is stage one, The Sewers, came out in 92. Um, and I absolutely love this track. We've, we've said this before, but this is another one of those pieces of video game music that, yes, it works for the character of Batman, but I think it could work for a lot of other series too. There's some moments in this that kind of remind me of the Ninja Turtles as well. Um, and there are actually other moments that remind me of her work on uh, Mega Man or U.N. Squadron. But yeah, this totally. is such a fun piece of music. Yeah, I mean,
0: just that riffy. Yeah,
1: it's very yeah. Batmany in the bluesy
0: nature of this. But again, it's just great video game music. Has an interesting harmonic structure that quasi modulates at the end, which feels very much like her. Hey, yeah,
1: Will. it's so cool. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was really rocking out to the bass. It's hard hitting and just in your face because it's such a low part. The notes that she's uh, using on, I imagine it's the wave channel, which is here is trying to emulate the the NES triangle, but very low notes that you don't often get. And there's something really thumping and just bass in your face about this track. I love it. Totally, man.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it really is. The, it's such a great Batman track. I mean, it, it does fit <laughs> with what Kodak has done before. Good job, Anami. but it's also like almost more pure than what he's done because I don't know you. you there's an aspect of her music that's just so timeless and immortal. And
1: I don't know if this was just a, a lucky accident or a coincidence, but don't you hear kind of the, the spirit of the original Batman TV show carried Certainly. on in this Absolutely. piece of music? yeah. The camp quality. God, that's good. Okay, let's play one more track from the Game Boy version. This is Versus Boss. <laughs> Ah, this is good times. It reminds me of street fighter 2010. Uh, also the mega man series at times. This is versus boss from Batman return of the Joker for the game boy composed by Manami Matsumai. Yeah. It's not a track that reminds me very much of the spirit of Batman, but I think it works really well as a boss theme and it's just really well composed music. It gives me an idea. Will, if we ever were to play some of this music in the band, what might be fun is to arrange a medley, of maybe three or four of our favorite melodies um, from the series, because I feel like if we found a key that would work uh, right. well for all of them, I feel like right, you could cause make. because this is one an, that's so
0: short, but this track. one would need to be a part of it because it's so freaking right? catchy. like even if we just did Minami's mm-hmm. Batman tunes or something, yeah. But like if we could combine this <laughs> with that uh, Return of the Joker. Um, theme, that would be super awesome.
1: I mean, we could limit it to just being Return of the Joker material, and it could be incredible. Well, guys, I was looking on my playlist here on the artist tab, and it made me smile that we're going from two Manami Matsumai tracks (laughs) to two Takashi Tateishi tracks. It's true. We're moving on to Batman Returns for the NES. Um, And for a while, this was miscredited, was not credited to, to Tataishi-san, and so it's great that this finally is now. This is a Konami game. This is after he left Capcom and moved to Konami. It came out in 1993. That's a year after the movie, Batman Returns, came out. Um, I did want to give some shout-outs to some pretty good Batman games for the 16-bit era. Musically... Sometimes there was good stuff. It did. Uh, some of it didn't make our episode, so I just wanted to give it a shout out. This same name, Batman Returns for the SNES, had some pretty good music that I liked. Um, Batman, the animated series for the Game Boy, had some good music that I liked. Um, I also liked um, some of the stuff from Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, both uh, games composed by Tim Fallon, actually, Um, for, I believe, the PlayStation and the the MS-DOS, if I'm not mistaken. Those were just some of the titles around this era that I also enjoyed. So let's move on and play two of these tracks. So classic. I'm so excited to play this. This is Stage Theme 1 from Batman Returns. Infinite Smiles. God, this is good. You guys are listening to Stage 1, Stage Theme 1 from Batman Returns for the NES by Konami, composed by Takashi Tateishi. I it's feel like such this is such breaking news.
0: When did we find out this was Tateishi? This is one of the most classic NES tracks
1: ever. It's so awesome and badass. It really is. Like I said, the crediting is changing all the time and it was only a number of uh few years ago when um, at least to my knowledge, this was credited uh, to him. There's a, there's another person that worked on the audio as well, uh, alongside with him. But yeah, it's. it's I mean, such it a would make sense that he would be doing music.
0: music because at Capcom, it's not like he was doing implementation; he was doing composing. Yep. So it makes sense yep. he'd be doing composing at Konami. I mean, I know eventually he moved into a more sound role, mm-hmm. but. I think that would probably be when the technology changed a little bit more.
1: But yeah, this is such a great piece of music. And I keep saying this, but yeah, it's Batman, but it could work for the Ninja Turtles. Uh, It's just great Konami music. It reminds me of a lot of, um, I guess, slightly earlier Konami scores. This is 93. And so I'm thinking more of late 80s Konami uh, that, that this reminds me of. But God, this is so fun.
0: Heck yeah, dude. This is awesome. I if this is Tateshi, that just makes me so happy because when you're yeah. a kid and and you hear like awesome NES music, I think there's this thing where you sort of start to assume like, oh, DuckTales, that must be the same composer that did Mega Man 2, and this must be the same as that because you hear so much like, I don't know, I think a lot of just beautiful harmonic similarity in a lot of cases. And so, yeah. I don't know, it it is um There's something really fulfilling when there's a classic piece of music that you find out is actually written by someone who you also love.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I just wanted to give a shout-out here. The other person that Tateishi worked on with this game was Shigemasa Matsuo. And so I believe this uh, could have been a collaboration between those two. But yeah, to some extent, Tateishi, uh, he was one of the people, one of the two composers that worked on this game. Let's play one more track from Batman Returns for the NES. It's also really, really good. This is Stage Theme 2. Let's take a listen. just the best this is such an amazing playlist it's just an embarrassment of riches i'm having a blast today this is stage theme 2 from batman returns for the nes um and it's composed either by maybe partially by takashi tateishi also shigemasa matsuo was involved and i think one of the reasons why for so long this went uncredited to him is the official credits that i see list only sound designer doesn't list composer uh, so I think these two people clearly were the composers as well as the sound designers. But maybe that's one reason why um, it, it was never uh, brought up. Another thing is uh, apparently originally in the credits, it's not listed as Takashi Tataishi, It's listed as G5 Tataishi, which is some silly <laughs> uh, nickname, which is another reason why for years it probably right. went uncredited to him. But I'm glad we know it now. This is so classic. It, he is an interesting
0: person, because for a long time it was like, oh, he only did Mega Man 2, and then slowly yeah. we find more things that he more did. More things get unearthed, right? And just, like, so much awesome stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. it's such a treat to find that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things um, about this score is I love hearing Takashi Tataishi composing for a Konami game, because you can definitely hear a difference in the style. I guess I would say it's slightly darker... Um, there is, for a game like this, like Batman, there's some similar cliches you can tap into if you were working on like a Castlevania game. It's kind of a similar dark vibe to it. Um, and I just love hearing that coming from the mind of Tateshi. This is, again, similar to Naoki Kodaka. Very devious, uh, but fun. Definitely. Yeah, so good. Well, I don't know, Will. Let's move on to something very, very different. Are you down? I'm ready. Okay, we're now going to move away from the 8-bit era. Uh, We're entering the last phase of our playlist here. And before we leave the 90s, uh, we wanted to play one track from the 16-bit era. I gave some shout-outs. Uh, a lot of 16-bit Batman games that I'm sure some of them are good games. Well, we did a Genesis one, didn't we? Uh, we did a Genesis one. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I, I always forget because it came out in 1990. So. <laughs> but yes, we, we've already done uh, one Genesis game, so that's cool. Let's do one more. This came out in 1995. It was published by Sega. I believe it was developed by either an American or a European company composed by jesper kid actually this is the adventures of batman and robin this is a pretty wild score um i will say that jesper kid really pushes the boundaries of sega genesis music it sounds outstanding from a technical perspective it's basically like a dark demonic rave score is how i would describe it it has to be um the developers of this game they just must have asked for that because it's such a specific and interesting choice and then the entire score has the sound very dark and ominous and threatening and sometimes listening to it you kind of feel like you're going to lose your mind um but it's it's cool a nice change of pace let's take a listen to an edit because it's a very long piece of music uh big boss from the adventures of batman and robin This is so interesting in the context of what we've heard today. You guys are listening to Big Boss, just a taste, from The Adventures of Batman and Robin, composed by Jesper Kidd. This is for the Sega Genesis. It blows my mind. This came out in 1995, and I'd love to hear him do a breakdown of how he made this on the Genesis, I mean, the drum sounds, just, if you're talking about that, so advanced and hard-hitting. Uh, sometimes you forget you're listening to a Genesis track. I just wonder how he did it. I'm hearing almost all FM channels. I don't even know if he's using the DIC channel at all. I think he's using synthesized sounds to create the drums and everything. It's just wild. It's, it's, it's dark, so it definitely fits this character. Um, but it's funny to see how different of an approach this is from composers such as, you know, Kodaka and Tateishi.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's decidedly darker. It's decidedly less melodic and less catchy, but it's much more atmospheric. And I mean, I think this is a good yep. example of a lot of the differences between... I You could argue some of the differences that still exist between... Yeah japanese video game composers and american or western video game composers Mm -hmm. which is that there there's much more different priorities emphasis on like production style tone atmosphere and less of an emphasis on melody craft and catchiness fun Mm -hmm. memorability it's more about like um, things on the technical side or Yeah, the I would say melodic craft, not you can craft say there's... in
1: general, because there's a lot of craft put into the production of this track. Yeah, more kind of compositional craft, I guess you would say. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really nice transition point. If you were going to then have another episode on the Arkham series of games, this would be a really good transition. Because like I said, guys, I listened to all of those games, all of the scores, and it was all effective, dark, creepy video game music, um, but there wasn't a lot that really jumped out at me as wanting to focus on the podcast. But it's kind of a nice halfway point. Now, what we're moving on to now is we're going off in a different direction. Something that is, I would say, partially inspired by the likes of Naoki Kodaka in the early Batman game music, inspired by the music of the animated series, and a little bit of this own composer's taste thrown in there as well as maybe some nods to the original tv series this is jake kaufman with batman the brave and the bold what a treat it is to have a few jake kaufman tracks today we're going to play three from the score because it's it's really a great score i think it's incredibly underrated uh and it would be so easy to to pass this one over for anyone doing a batman episode and i didn't want to do that and so Let's have some fun with some Jay Kaufman music. This, uh, we're going to start it off with Atlantis Exploration. Now, this is a very interesting and kind of quirky Batman game, at least from the score and, and knowing that it's developed by Way Forward. I have a feeling it's a slightly silly Batman game with a lot of humor. I know it's a cartoon-style game, and so there's probably a lot of homages and a lot of humor send-ups to the original TV show. So with that in mind, let's take a listen to Atlantis Exploration. This is so fun. It feels, in some ways, like we're in a new generation of Batman games, but at the same time, it also feels like we've never left because this has a quality to it a fun and devious quality that reminds me of the work of Neoki Kodaka. You guys are listening to Atlantis Exploration, composed by Jay Kaufman, and I totally forgot to mention a little more. This game came out in 2010 for the Wii and the DS. Um, And so, yes, we are jumping ahead pretty extremely in time here. But this is so fun. I love there's also kind of like a secret agent kind of vibe to it, too.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, It's funny. It's very different than a lot of Jake's music. But like his other stuff, it's pretty freaking good. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) hear this influence to the whole Batman series. What's interesting is that... I don't actually hear a lot of influence from the Sunsoft games, in my opinion. I do hear a lot of video game influence. In this, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When it gets kind of into that general core VGM that influence. Genesis-y, yeah. I guess if that's a word. Um, but Yeah, it, it, I think
1: there were some, to be fair, I think there were some other tracks that we might not be including today that I heard a little more homage. And they're actually, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there is one track that they literally used from the original NES Batman game. They, they did like a redone version of it. So that was definitely on uh, the developers' minds. Like how much of that they actually put into the game, hard to say, but yeah, I, I hear you.
0: Sure, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I Yeah, I think for me... Um, what I so love about the opportunity that a composer would have to write for a Batman game like this is there's so many places to draw inspiration from, whether yeah. it's the character in the material of the game itself, or whether it's other composers attempts to capture that character. Yeah. And the, Batman is a character that transcends different media platforms. So there's just, there's no shortage of inspiration. Um, yeah, I would love for this conversation to extend past the reach of simply video games and video game music because I think it's interesting. I mean, just it, I'd be cur- it would be curious to know how many composers have written for this
1: character. How many different composers have? Um, yeah, I mean, kind you'd have to count all hand. of the game composers, uh, the likes of Tim Fallen, um, many others. Uh, there's a lot of different composers that worked in the Arkham series. A lot of other games were not even featuring. And then you think about the TV show and all the movies and the modern Christopher Nolan movies with Hans Zimmer. There's a lot of a lot of people have touched. Uh, and <laughs> like the Batman
0: world. versus Superman. Um, Yeah, that's that's true. uh, Danny Elfman actually did that, which is kind of crazy.
1: Well, let's play another track from The Brave and the Bold. This is Gotham composed by Jay Kaufman. is absolutely out of control on this track. It's Gotham from Batman, The Brave and the Bold by the one and only Jay Kaufman. If I had to pick an era of Batman music that this is going for, it's clearly the Hans Zimmer era, right? Uh, (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. I I love this very clear homage. Wouldn't it be really fun to
0: have a modern Batman film that's like a comedy? Just like a comedy film and mm-hmm. just have a score like this I don't know, I think that would be really fun
1: I guess you could have Will Arnett Like, you know, dress up in, in the bat suit For a live action comedy yeah. That would be kind of <laughs> cool <laughs> Maybe you could have a fun way of bridging the gap Like he could still do that dark Quasi-Bale-esque voice um, But you could have like a really Ridiculous backdrop around it too Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of possibilities But how fun is this piece of music? The bass is just so good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love the kind of all rich dense notes. jazz chords with that general MIDI brass. Pretty funny.
1: Yeah, I was glad that I remembered to mention that cuz I didn't say anything about what system this came out for and all of a sudden we we played that Atlantis track and I'm sure some of you're like, "Whoa, yeah, this is we're definitely in either the DS or um I guess the Wii, which is what we are cuz Kind of this modern general MIDI sequenced sound, uh, Jake is able to make it work really well because the music is so in- inventive and creative that you kind of are listening past the kind of crappy sounds here. Definitely. Would you will would you would you categorize the sound of this being Uncanny Valley? Or would you say it's past it? I would characterize it as crappy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, would, I would agree. Uh, again, the the overcoming of technical limitations is a story that we know very well for. Uh, video game composers. Okay, guys, let's play one more track from The Brave and the Bold. This is Space Lab Interiors. God, this is a wild score. If you guys are enjoying this, check out the whole thing. It's very underrated. This is Space Lab Interiors from The Brave and the Bold by Jake Kaufman. And this is a really fun track because he's also mixing in some FM synth uh, on the bass. Definitely a Genesis vibe there. And I also really love that spacey kind of alien cliche sign lead instrument we're getting there. Uh, Definitely some sci-fi Elements to I don't know the the setting of the stage, space lab, but I can only imagine there's some kind of goofy nods to the sci-fi genre. Oh, certainly that,
0: yeah, that kind of glitchy sounding sine wave synth is yeah. is pretty funny here. And you know, um, Jake is a really funny person. Carl and I mm-hmm. had the experience of meeting him. Um, I think around the time when Shovel Knight came out. Yeah, just and, after. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty funny.
1: He's very He's really funny.
0: funny as a guy, so I, I like getting his humor in me. And as you
1: might expect, incredibly humble and self-deprecating. Definitely. Well, guys, we're going to play one more track before the playout, and the playout's going to be a nice, uh, fun way to send you on your way. Uh, this is from an Arkham game. We, had, we definitely wanted to feature at least one so that we could get a taste of this. This is the main titles from Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, Now, I don't know if this was the best game in the series, but I will say, score-wise, it was my favorite, because I listened to all of them, and this is the one that I enjoyed the most. Uh, This one was composed by Christopher Drake. The game was published by Warner Brothers, and it came out in 2013. Let's take a listen to the main titles. interesting now to be thrown in the world of Batman in a way that reminds me of the films. (laughs) Um, I mean, part of that is the orchestra. Part of that is the style uh, that Christopher Drake is going for here. This is really effective Batman music. It's the main titles from Batman Arkham Origins. And I'm pretty sure that Arkham City is kind of considered the the masterpiece of the series. I think that is maybe the most critically acclaimed game in the series. Um, And the score for that is definitely effective. But I was particularly, um, you know, kind of moved more by Christopher Drake's work in Origins. Will, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I like it. I think it captures Batman. There's a harmonic darkness. I mean, it definitely reminds me of Hans Zimmer and the Christopher yep. Nolan films, um, particularly with sort of the more modern produced orchestra, have a heavy reliance on ostinati and everything. But I really actually like when that sort of synth bass comes in. There's something Mm -hmm. winking and nodding about the character of Batman that's really fun. Um, Yeah, I'm really impressed by this track. Uh, in general, I, too- I think it just makes me think about a lot of things of this type of film score that I feel like are just such missed opportunities because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, there's so much music that sounds like this. You just kind of generic, bland, modern orchestra stuff. And yeah. I guess I just feel like with that Kind of ostinato in production, you could do that, and then also have a melody on top of it. And so much you of could, this music if you sounds wanted like <laughs> they there's supposed to be some great theme happening, and then I don't know. Someone at some point was like, "Why don't you just mute that track? Just get rid of the melody and just have it." it sounds
1: the- like you're joking, but I know for a fact that that, that happens a lot. <laughs> that happens,
0: um, and I think what's unfortunate about that is it's basically pick any. A lot of this stuff is written. It's no more complex than like a pop song. Um, and imagine <laughs> yeah. any pop song with just the melody track muted. And so all you're getting is right. you know, it would not drums, be bass, groove, and it'd be fine. But would anybody listen to that? And would that really stick with you? <laughs> Karaoke like, version, beyond? I guess, right? I, I don't know. I, I There's something about it. It's like film music and video game music used to have really memorable melodies well, Will- that not Enriched surprisingly the overall experience
1: that's the reaction i had when starting off from batman for the nes and going all the way to arkham origins that was the experience i had when i got to the very first arkham game it was a really harsh transition to make for my brain because it was a lot of samey very cinematic effective dark music um but there were almost no uh, melodies that really jumped out at me and this was I probably, from a musical point of view, the thing I was moved by the most out of any of the Arkham series music. Uh, and so yeah, it's just these games are clearly going for a different, emotion uh and i think that i think what's hard for me is is very well fitted for these games
0: and i i know it's an unfair comparison because it's not fair to compare things that are so different and having different intent in a lot of times you know people try to compare maybe it's almost hilarious
1: how different they are
0: but people compare the sort of zimmer style of scoring to the like jerry goldsmith john williams style of scoring and um they're so different and going for different things but like i don't know i'm sorry like even when you take into account the production effects even when you take into account kind of the kinetic energy of something like this there's Mm -hmm. just much less substance there's less substance harmonically rhythmically melodically on an arrangement level it's just less interesting on its own it's incredibly effective and works in its context but I think some the reason why there exist you know, CDs and record albums of soundtracks, the reason why anyone pays attention to video game music is because of the melodic stuff. It's because yeah, of the stuff that I would definitely people agree. would leave the theater or put down the controller and they'd have these tunes in their head. And you can like that or dislike it, but that's why there's a magfest. That's why people care about film music. So when you, when you divorce media music from anything infectious or interesting on its own, you're eliminating what made that popular in and of itself. So people that make this kind of music need to have absolutely no pretension to them because in this is, I I don't know, it just gets me a little annoyed because there there's so many people (laughs) that I feel like make music that has Inherently less substance than other music that they would be derisive or dismissive. of. Yeah,
1: it's and, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I, no I placed this in uh, an interesting spot in the play I thought this was going to be really fun guys because the playout is a piece of music that is referencing Danny Elfman's theme for Batman. And so I thought it would be a, a really fun uh, transition going from that Arkham Origins track to this. It's from Lego Batman 2. Now, the, the composer that worked on Lego Batman 2 was Rob Westwood, and what he did, and I think this is the same thing he did for the first Lego Batman game, is most of the score is just using, I don't know if it's the original recordings or sometimes he's resequencing it, but it's just using the original Danny Elfman music from Batman. Every once in a while, he'll compose an original theme. Uh, and so, yeah, that's basically what you guys are going to hear that, uh, an interesting version of. Uh, and I don't, I can't speak to if this is uh, an original recording of some piece, some cue from the original Batman, but it's going to be a great way to send you guys on your way. It's Attack of the Batwing from Lego Batman 2 by Danny Elfman and Rob Westwood. Well, that's about it. Uh, Will, thoughts on Batman series when it comes to music? I'm Batman.
0: <laughs> uh, that's all I have to say. No. That's I, all you need I, to say. I love Batman. I love this music. I honestly think we could do another installment and have oh, still yeah. this ske- same like skewed Towards the NES <laughs> And it would still be <laughs> An Game incredible Boy playlist games, still Yeah be There awesome. were some so Other
1: stuff. outstanding Batman Returns tracks By Tateishi That I didn't get to include A lot of 16-bit stuff uh, Some really interesting Konami music From uh, other Batman 16-bit Scores that I really liked So yeah A lot of great stuff This was a lot of fun Thanks guys For checking us out and, uh, I don't Stay mean tuned to, for this I don't track.
0: mean to I'm not Please don't misconstrue me Into thinking I'm throwing shade At Christopher Drake He has no I'm, I have no Ill will against. I think that, yeah, that was a really was good great. piece of music. I think his his music is awesome. It, it reminded in will general, of an, an entire kind of era trend. of film music. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it trends. I mean, how I don't know. Grant Kirkhope has talked about this more eloquently and with more gusto than I yeah, have. Yeah,
1: listen so. to some Kirkhope interviews if you want to hear <laughs> you want to hear just it. Just listen to some of Grant's it.
0: music. I mean, listen to uh, Evening mm-hmm. at the Roost, their first episode with Grant Kirkhope. Just delightful and just hearing him talk about film music and mm-hmm. his own experience working in games and everything. He's definitely a breath of fresh air w- when it comes to that type of thing.
1: Well, guys, enjoy Lego Batman Two. Go out and play a Batman game. Life's too short. We got to get some some fun here and there. And so, yeah, I think I might I might try to look up a old school Batman game. And it sounds like a good time. Anything else you got at the end, Will?
0: Yeah, just um, go to. Uh, Marcadonet.com to check out all of the other shows on the Marcado Brothers podcast network. Uh, We have Heroes 3 Adventures in Asian Cinema. We Mm -hmm. have Underscore, a podcast about film music. And we have An Evening at the Roost, hosted by our good friends Stephen and Brian Kelly. Lots of entertainment for you guys. At the time we're recording, they only have one episode out, but it's possible when this comes
1: out, their their second episode. I think um, they're trying to shoot for every other Saturday uh, for right. release. release. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. If you guys didn't know, or if you missed it last episode, uh, we did mention it in the episode, uh, but it was actually a video episode, so if you wanted to... Look at our ugly mugs as we're talking and grooving out to video game music. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. We're going to do that every once in a while. I think that's about it. We're going to get out of your hair. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.